Welcome to Feed Your Health, a weekly podcast with your host Morgan Shepherd, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the big dial movers of health, focusing on movement, nutrition, and stress management. You'll get tangible takeaways, tactical knowledge, and exclusive stories to inspire and empower you on your transformational health journey. Let's get thriving. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about misconceptions that a lot of people have when it comes to nutrition for losing weight. A lot of people come in with this notion that if you wanna lose weight, you're gonna have to have a lot of sacrifice. You're gonna have to give up a lot of your favorite foods or obsessively working out in the gym. And that's just not the best way to go about it. If you're looking for sustainable weight loss, making those big sacrifices is actually more detrimental to you in the long run because you end up in this cycle of extreme restriction, extreme deprivation. And when you're feeling restricted or you're feeling deprived and you're not able to have all the foods that you enjoy, it creates this like frustration, this anxiety, this buildup that eventually you end up on the other extreme of overindulgence, overeating and binge behaviors, which we all know is not the best for weight loss. When you are depriving your body of the calories that it needs to function, it goes into this mode of like high stress because it's, it's feeling threatened. It's feeling like I'm not getting the nutrients I need. So I'm going to have to minimize the processes that my body's performing because I don't have the fuel to function. So this is why when I work with clients, I stress a lot that the importance of eating enough food for what sort of movements, what sort of activity that you're doing. Now, everybody's going to be different. Everybody's caloric intake is going to be different depending on what your goals are and what your needs are. So while the belief that dieting requires sacrifice does hold some truth, you do have to make changes and adjustments. When you're working with a coach or when you're working towards these goals, doing things in small incremental, like incremental steps, makes it so that it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Like I don't want it to feel extremely hard. I don't want you to feel like you're hungry. In fact, most of the time, I'm really looking for you to feel like your hunger is actually being met. Like you're honoring your cravings. If you're craving something, it's potentially usually because your body needs a certain nutrient or it needs a certain macronutrient to function and you're not giving it enough. So trying to teach your body to pay attention to those cravings is really important. I've stressed that a lot in when I talk about awareness checks. I teach that to every client that comes in with me and we work through the process of teaching you how to reconnect with your body and reconnect with the signals that it's telling you. Now, sometimes that can be really, really hard because we have gone through these dieting phases and we've messed with our hormones and our metabolism has like adjusted to whatever it is that we're putting our body through. So you may not be able to tune into your signals as easily. It's also a possibility that you If you eat a lot of fast food or you eat a lot of highly processed foods that you might not feel the same hunger signals and cues that someone else might. So when you're coming from that type of situation, it's important to track your past dieting history, track what you've put your body through 
and really recognize that not everybody's going to have the same starting off point because we've all gone through different things in our lives and we've all experienced different situations. So that's rather broad, but the point that I'm getting at is that even if you're like, oh, just tune into your body, sometimes you can't. So sometimes those, those signals are like clouded. You may have disruptions. You may have you know, uneven levels of hormones and it's, they're not producing the right amounts or, you know, you're, you're not able to tune into those signals. So just be aware of that. A lot of times with this belief, people, people come in and think that they have to consume like 1200 to 1500 calories. And while I hate to throw numbers at people, I really don't recommend that anyone eat less than that. Like, I just don't. I don't think that it's going to provide you with the nutrients that your body needs to function. If you're in like bodybuilding prep or something like that, there's a valid reason. You're working towards a goal to get on stage. It's for a sport. I call bodybuilding a sport because it is. You're putting your body through extreme stress and extreme circumstances to achieve a certain result. And it's not healthy to do long-term. People cycle through that type of thing. So a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, but bodybuilders, they restrict their food in these ways. And it's like, yes, they're doing that, but they're doing that as a sport. If you're looking to lose weight in a sustainable fashion that's that's going to allow you to keep the weight off for, for good, for life, doing that type of restrictive dieting is not good for you and it will not get you the results that you want because you're just going to gain it all back when you go back to regular eating. So I definitely don't recommend extreme dieting like that for the average human. And then touching back on this notion of, you know, deprivation and restricting the things that we love to eat. Now, Y'all know I'm a foodie. I love to eat. I love going out to eat. I love getting takeout. I love cooking crazy elaborate meals. So I'm really not about restricting food. I think that you should be able to function in this journey towards weight loss while still eating all the foods that you enjoy. Now, I say no sacrifice because I want you to have those foods, but I want you to have those foods in moderation. So I think sometimes we we jump to the extremes on either end, you know, either you're going to have a whole bunch of these things or you're going to end up depriving yourselves of all these things. But the goal when you're working towards sustainable weight loss is to eat these things in moderation. And moderation is not a number. It's not a portion size. It's not, you know, you can't really like say this is moderation. It's more of like a feeling of like, are you satisfied? Are you eating enough food to feel satisfied? And that involves both quantity and what you're eating. So a lot of people, you know, for me, I am a volume eater. I eat a lot of food and not that much fat content in my food. I do absolutely eat fat, dietary fats, healthy fats, like avocado, olive oil, those types of things, but it's not a huge component of my diet. That's because for me, I function best on large volumes of food. So I eat a lot of carbs and I eat high protein diet, making sure that I get 25 to 30 grams of protein with every meal. However, some people on the other hand, they function better with a high fat, high protein diet and lower carb because they may not be able to absorb that much volume. They like a smaller size portion. 
you know, but because it's richer, because it has higher fat, it has higher protein, it's going to get you the same sort of result. It's going to keep you full in the same way that like volume would keep you full. So for example, my business coach, she is very much a high fat, high protein, low carb eater. She has a big salad with the healthy fats and protein for lunch, whereas I'm going to have something that's more like a large portion of rice or potatoes and a large protein portion with like a little bit of fat on the side. But they both serve the same goal. We both get the same amount of fuel and are able to do our daily workouts and our movement and function at the high level that we want to. So learning to know whether or not you are one of those people, if you like really high fat content or you like really large volume, that takes a lot of practice. That takes tuning into your body, paying attention to those signals and just learning what, what your body feels good with. I feel good with a lot of volume. Another thing to recognize when we're talking about the idea of, you know, losing weight requires a lot of sacrifice is that yes, you might have to change your life a little bit, rearrange some routines, add in some new habits, get rid of some old habits. That is kind of a form of sacrifice, but the key and, and the thing that I teach my clients is that it's not about a life overhaul. It's more about looking towards the future and seeing this new identity, this new, more enhanced version of yourself that you want to become and creating the life that aligns with that. So you're developing these new habits and these new skills to become that person so that, you know, it's not going to be about sacrifice because those new behaviors, those new skills, they're going to be a part of your life. They're going to be a part of who you are. Like for me, when I got into fitness, you know, I wasn't a triathlete. I didn't run. I, I didn't know how to fuel my body for those things, but it became who I was. I became a triathlete. Now I'm not as obsessed with triathlon right now. I'm kind of moving into weightlifting and one of the things we have to kind of like be aware of is that we don't want to tack ourselves onto an identity in the sense of like, I'm a triathlete. And then what if someday you, someday you can't be a triathlete? And then you're like, oh my God, you have an identity crisis. We don't want to do things like that because that might, you know, not be good later. But I do think having an aspirational idea of, I want to be a healthy person. I want to be a person who enjoys doing things that are healthy. So like I enjoy making these things a part of my life. I enjoy including movement. I enjoy eating vegetables. I enjoy focusing on protein because they make me feel better. So part of that is realizing that it's not a sacrifice. It's an adjustment of identity and learning to love what you're doing, learning to love the process. So that's why I say I don't think it's a sacrifice. I think it's actually more of an additive thing. You're adding these wonderful new things to your life to make it better. And then lastly, within this concept of moderation, I want to touch on the idea that when we learn how to eat in moderation, we're doing it so that we never feel deprived. So that might look like different things for different people. So I'm a sugar addict and I really, really love ice cream. I love sweets and I don't do well without them. So for me, what moderation looks like is that I have a sweet after every lunch that could look like something like fruit. 
or after dinner, I'll have a sweet treat. Usually it's like something like Oreos or like one of those little so delicious bars. I've talked about this multiple times, but I make sure that I have something every day. And I do that so that I never feel deprived. I never feel like I'm restricting myself of the thing that I want, you know? It's always available to me if I want it. I can always have more if I want it. And I, if I don't want to have it, I don't have it. And it's never something that's going to really affect my weight. Like I'm not eating it to excess. I'm eating just enough to make me feel satisfied that I don't have any cravings and I can go about my day without having that little anxiety feeling of like, I don't have sugar. Oh my God, that doesn't happen. You know, I know that if I'm feeling a craving for something sweet, I can go have some fruit. I can go have something similarly satisfying that isn't as indulgent as like a whole pint of ice cream. Another misconception that I hear a lot is that it's too hard. Now, obviously I'm not going to say that it's easy because it's not easy, but it's not too hard. It's challenging enough that makes it interesting. I feel like when people come in and say that it's going to be too hard, I don't want to do it, they're literally setting themselves up for failure. You're literally saying that this thing is too hard for me to do and it's not worth doing. And that creates overwhelm. That creates this idea that it's just impossible. But if you let go of the idea that it is too hard and you figure out how can you break it down into smaller steps? How can you make it more manageable? I mean, obviously when you look at, oh my God, I need to lose 20 pounds or whatever amount you're looking to lose, it seems overwhelming. And it seems like, you know, it's, it's really hard to attain that goal, especially if you're putting a timeline on it. If you're saying I need to do this within a certain amount of months, that's going to feel very overwhelming. So a lot of the things that I work on with clients is to help them sort of eliminate the time frame, eliminate the finish line. Because yes, I want you to lose the weight and I want you to lose it as fast as healthy as possible. But I also realize that sometimes body change can take years, you know? So if you're, if you're pushing yourself and you're feeling like you're not getting results and it's too hard and like, it's going to take too long. Eliminating that deadline, eliminating the timeline and all of that is going to relieve some of the pressure. You're going to be able to be like, oh, it's going to take as long as it's going to take. And I'm going to keep going no matter what, because this is what I want. This is the goal that I want. And I'm allowing myself the time it takes to get there. And obviously it feels hard because it's new, because it's different, because it's uncomfortable. And when we're learning something, we often as I've been saying a lot this week, we often don't give ourselves the time to learn. Learning takes a lot of time. It's an uncomfortable feeling. You, you don't know what you're doing. You're navigating this uncertainty. We hate uncertainty as human beings, as a species. A lot of us are just a, against uncertainty and it's awful. It's an uncomfortable place to be, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. When you hold on to this belief of it's hard, you're stopping yourself, you're putting up a wall. When I work with clients, a lot of what we do is making those little tiny steps seem more manageable, seem easier to accommodate into your life. You know, we look at the circumstances that you have, we look at what's available to you. Do you have a gym? Do you have a home gym? You know, what does your grocery store have? What can you buy? What's your home situation? Do you have family? That kind of thing. All of those will go into how we develop a routine 
for you to be able to perform these new behaviors, new habits, and develop the skills that you need in order to make body change achievable. Like, I don't want it to feel hard. If it feels hard, you're less likely to do it. So working with a coach is all about breaking that down into easier steps in, in whatever capacity. Even if you like, you're going to a gym and you're doing the workouts in the gym at, in like a class, they're breaking it down into easier steps. You know, they show you how to do it. They show you the movement. They show you how to work the machine or lift the dumbbell. We want you to be able to learn to do these movements and these behaviors and automate things so it feels easy. Like I want it to feel easy for you. If it feels hard, then we need to adjust. Obviously it's gonna feel challenging and I think a lot of times people come in with this fixed mindset that just because something is hard and just because something is challenging that we shouldn't do it. There's this notion that if you have to put in effort to achieve something, then you're doing it wrong. But that's not true, okay? <laughs> Let go of that idea, that is not true. Effort actually gets you success. And there's nothing wrong with putting in effort. In fact, everybody has to put in effort. You know, those people who they look like they achieved overnight success, they didn't. They worked really, really hard and you might not have seen all the work that went into it. Like recognize that in order to achieve something, you need to put in effort. Now, effort does not necessarily mean that it's gonna be obscenely hard. There's still challenge, there's still, you know, you're still putting in the work, but you can do it in a way that's manageable. Another one that a lot of people come to me with is that they say, oh, I can't, I can't stay consistent and I'm not that disciplined. Well, I love this one because this is one of the biggest challenges that I have faced on my journey because I'm a perfectionist. And so a lot of the times when I'm trying to learn a new behavior or practice a new habit, I have this idea that I have to show up perfectly every single day and it has to look perfect, it has to be perfect, and I have to make sure I, I do streaks of, of days of getting everything right. The problem with that is that a lot of times it seems so overwhelming that I'm already setting myself up for failure. I'm already saying, oh, well, if it's not perfect, then, then I can't do it. So I'm literally forcing myself into this procrastination, this not moving forward, not taking any action because I've put such high expectations on myself to achieve things at a certain level. And when we use the term discipline, that brings up the idea of sacrifice. And when, you know, as I talked about before, a lot of people are like, oh, sacrifice. I don't want to do that. That's not fun. No one wants to sacrifice, you know? Like, yes, making small sacrifices is okay. But like, when you talk about discipline, it feels so negative. It feels so, ugh, like, do this this way, get it done. You know, like, what are we, army barracks or some shit? So I try and move clients away from this idea of discipline and away from the idea of consistency. And I would rather say, focus on frequency and focus on flexibility. Because the thing is, you will always have things that show up in life and get in the way of what you want to do. How you handle those things, that is a representative of how you make progress. So if you're able to be flexible when you come up against an obstacle, then you're able to continue. You're able to keep doing the thing even though there was a challenge or there was an obstacle or there was a change in plans, something happened because you're being flexible. And the same goes for frequency. You know, rather than 
oh, let's be perfect, like show up consistently, do it day after day, focus on doing it more frequently. Do it more than you did before. Whether that is, I'm gonna do it three more times this week, I'm gonna do five more times this week, I'm gonna do it multiple times a day, whatever works in your schedule, because our schedules are different and they always change and they adjust themselves and like, you don't know what's gonna happen. So if you allow for frequency and you allow for flexibility, then you are more likely to continue with the process. I like to think about it like making deposits in a bank. So whether that's nutritionally or with fitness, I think about it as if, if I make a deposit every day, that's amazing. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And it doesn't matter about how big the deposit is or how small the deposit is. It's still a deposit. I'm still putting money in the bank. So if I can get in 10 minutes today, that's awesome. If I can get in the full workout, that's great too. But doing it frequently rather than, oh, well, I can't get in the whole workout, so it's not worth it, so I won't do it at all. You know, which one seems better? You, you, if you show up and you do 10 minutes, that's still putting a deposit in your bank. You're still getting your money's worth. I like to look at it like that. Also with nutrition, you know, it's not about being perfect all the time. It's about eating healthy as much as possible while staying satisfied. So when you think of moderation, when you think of eating in moderation, it's not about staying disciplined, staying consistent. It's about navigating that messy middle of like, I am always trying to be satisfied with my hunger, with my cravings and stable with my energy. And if that looks like eating multiple times a day, if that looks like including a sweet treat, if that looks like including extra fat because I need that, or maybe having more volume because I need that because I'm doing a heavy workout later. That is flexibility and frequency. Hopefully that makes sense. Another one that people come to me with is that they say, I don't know how, and I don't believe that I can learn. Now that's a hard one to comment on because I don't know what your knowledge base is, but the joy of having a coach is that you don't have to know how. That's what we're here for. We know how. So go get a coach. I recognize there's a lot of conflicting information out there and things can be very confusing. And so that's why I highly recommend getting a coach. Now, have I always had a coach? No, but I really did enjoy the time that I had with the, the coaches that I've worked with and the coaches that I'm working with now. I think it's super beneficial because it alleviates that stress and you're able to be like, I don't have the brain power to think about this. Please, can you, can you give me direction? Can you give me focus? And I'll show up and do the work. I just need the guidance and the accountability of having a coach to facilitate that. So it doesn't have to be something so big and gigantic that you can't figure it out. Obviously you could go online, you could look up all the information, but having a coach puts everything in one place in a consumable package, so to speak. And it allows you to use your life. Like I don't want your entire life to be about fitness and nutrition. Like I'm obsessed with it, but y'all don't have to be obsessed to the way that I am obsessed. I think it should be a part of your life and I think you should be paying more attention to it. But part of the reason you work with a coach is so that we can help you include it in your life in a way that is not overwhelming and that is not 
going to just snowball you. We create a nice little package that's personalized to your needs and that's going to give you the support that you're looking for, the accountability. You can come to us if you have a problem or you go, come up against an obstacle and you need assistance. That's what the coach is for. We can see where you're having trouble and we can be like, oh, you might need this resource. Go check this out. You might need some more assistance with this. Let's go check this out. Or you're doing great on this and we're there to tell you, hey, don't forget to celebrate your wins because that's important. One of the great things I love about having a coach is that you have open communication and they're able to help you pivot and go in different directions when it seems like something is impossible or too challenging or overwhelming. So yes, it seems like it's harder when you don't know what you're doing, but having a coach helps you learn how to do it and then they can break it down so that eventually you have the tools and the skills to do it on your own and you have the knowledge to then go off into the world and do it yourself. That's the goal. Like, I don't want to work with you forever. I would love to get your money forever, but like, realistically, I want you to be able to do it on your own because I want to make room for other people to come in and me to be able to help them. And also, I think it's great when you have a bunch of people who are learning different things at different levels and they can feed off of each other and have that community, have a support group and work together to learn these new things. So you do not have to know how to do it. You just have to be committed to the effort and the journey. Okay, and then this one obviously is a big one. A lot of people come in and say, I don't have time and I don't think I'm gonna prioritize it. And I recognize that. We are all busy people. We are full of commitments and responsibilities to other things. You know, we have our social lives, we have our jobs, we have our families, we have, you know, whatever else it is that you're passionate about. So putting fitness and health and nutrition first can seem really hard. But, you know, I urge you to think about your life in long-term perspective. Like I'm really, really focusing on weightlifting right now because I'm almost 40 and I'm like, I want to make sure that I focus on building the body, the muscles that I'm going to need as I age. Now, we all know, okay, maybe we don't know, but I know <laughs> that our bodies lose muscle mass as they age. And I don't want to be one of those older women that trips and breaks my ankle or trips and breaks my hip or runs into the table. You know, my hips stick out and I often run into tables. And if I ran into a table and I broke my hip, I would be so upset. So prioritizing muscle building and strength and developing the body that is going to sustain me for the rest of my life is one of my passions. Now, does that take up a lot of time? Yeah, but it's keeping me out of doctor's offices. It's keeping me off the, the emergency table. It's keeping me out of surgery. It's a trade-off, you know? You put in the time now or you lose time later. I mean, I wanna live a long and healthy and athletic life. I want to be able to do a whole bunch of fun things in the world. Go hiking, go running, go explore places, go adventure, keep raving. And if I don't have a body that can show up and do the things, it's gonna be really challenging. Also, one of the things to realize is that when you hire a coach, you're literally cutting the time in half. So sure, you could go off and you could do it all on your own, but I'm gonna guarantee you that if you do it on your own, it's gonna take probably twice as long for you to figure it out than it would be if you worked with a coach and have them help you put everything together in one place and just get it done and do the thing and then develop those skills and tools so that you can keep 
going for the rest of your life. The goal of working with a coach is to teach you to automate those behaviors so that they become easier, so that they become a part of your life. And learning to do that on your own can be really challenging. And yes, it will take more time if you do it on your own. But you know, what do you want out of life? Do you, do you want to end up injured or do you want to be able to go do fun shit? I choose the fun shit. And of course, the last one is I don't have the money. My answer to that is you could pay a coach now or you could pay a doctor later. It's your choice. Honestly, I think it comes down to if you see the value of coaching, then you'll find a way to pay for it. It's like the same way as if you go to dinner. You know, you might go on a nice little date and spend $100. You might get a $50 bottle of wine if you like good wine. Or maybe you're one of those people who likes fancy lattes and you get a $7 coffee. Like, what are you paying for? What are you giving your money to? What are you investing in? And I think a lot of people forget that investing in your health is really beneficial for you in the long run. Like, I love investing in my health. I love investing in personal development. I have a business coach. I've had fitness coaches. I've had other coaches. And I think that there is value in having mentors, having people help you figure out how to do something so you don't have to do it on your own and you have that support, you have that accountability. Now, I see the value in coaching because I've had it and I've seen the results that I got from it. That's going to be up to you. What do you want to spend your money on? I don't really go out and buy expensive bags, expensive clothes. I spend my money on good food and self-development. So. so I feel like we've covered all the big ones that I wanted to talk about today. We've talked about sacrifice. We've talked about hard. We've talked about time, money. We've talked about having to know how to do everything. You don't have to know how to do everything. That's why you get a coach or that's why you find a plan or structure that's going to help you facilitate that. I've talked about it's not about sacrifice, it's about moderation. And I've talked about if it's hard, make it easier. Find some way to break whatever steps down into something that is manageable that you can do regularly and keep moving forward in the process. I talked about consistency and discipline versus flexibility and frequency. I think it's more important to focus on flexibility and frequency because it allows for more freedom of movement and freedom of choice and just, I think it feels better. It sounds more exciting. I don't know, consistency and discipline, it just sounds so regimented and I'm like, it doesn't have to be that regimented. Sure, if you have like goals and you're like doing the whole like cutting for like 16 days and like all that shit. But like if we're talking about sustainable results and trying to achieve these things over a longer period of time and giving ourselves that opportunity to do that, then frequency and flexibility is much more appealing. So ultimately, what do you want your future to look like? You know, are you going to hold on to these beliefs and these misconceptions and let them hold you back from moving forward? Are you going to let them stand in the way of getting the results that you want because you're worried it might be too hard or it might require too much sacrifice? Try changing your perspective to look at these things as achievable and manageable and break them down into easier steps in a way that works for you because everybody's different and what is going to work for you is going to be different. That's also why working with a coach is great because they can help you navigate that. They can help you see how the information works for your body, for your hormones, your 
circumstances, whatever that may be. And at the end of the day, do you want to be spending your time in doctor's offices or do you want to be enjoying life and going on a hike and going on an adventure and doing all the fun shit? I'm choosing the fun shit. It's going to be up to you. Anyways, hopefully some of this was valuable. If you liked what you heard or saw, leave a comment, share it with a friend, let me know, and I will see you next time. Ciao. Thank you.